Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Batter up. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to of their own this is episode 93 of a pot of their own i am allison mccake and i am joined this week by my lovely co-host linda surovich hi linda hey allison and kellyanne healy hello kellyanne hello allison hello linda hello hello this time we come to you from our respective homes and not from the city field parking lot Uh, (laughs) but um something that is happening live right now is the all-star game and um last night the home run derby happened um and linda and and i got to podcast with the sb nation mlb folks during that live and we got to watch pete win live on that podcast which i should probably link to if i can like find the recording where that actually is but i'm pretty sure it got pushed out to like all the SB yeah, it's there. MLB it's a, feeds, yeah. yeah. So it should be in your feeds if you subscribe to this show, right? If anybody who subscribes to this show should get that show. It's it's probably lengthy. I haven't actually like checked to see they if they cut it to two and a half hours. Okay, okay. But I was they, gonna yeah, say they shortened it. Yeah, they must have shortened it somewhat because it's like a three hour recording because we recorded during the entire um, home run derby, but which was I bet longer than expected. But um, when when we make the tweets in the when we make the tweets for this episode, I'll get um, I'll try to get timestamps for you guys for when uh, Linda and I are talking. We talk at the very beginning and at the very end, <laughs> basically. 
Um, well, I shriek at the very end. Yeah, you way. hear us like shrieking because they br- <laughs> they brought us back on because, um, you know, they kind of did a thing where like the hosts talked at the beginning and like set up the whole home, home run derby, talked about the bracket and like what to expect and all that. Um, and then they kind of did 10 or 15 minutes or so with like a bunch of the different um, SB Nation community MLB sites. Uh, and so they would talk about like those respective teams and chat a little bit about them. So um, at the beginning of the show, we chat, we chatted a little bit about the draft, about Kumar Rocker, who, who we'll get to in a minute. Um, and we chatted about, you know, where the Mets might go at the deadline. Um, and then, you know, this was all as the home run derby was happening. So there are also like reactions spattered throughout each of these segments. And then toward the end, they brought us back on because Pete Alonzo was in the final. Um, and, you know, we got to react live with them um, as he wanted. So that was a really fun time. I encourage you guys to check yeah, it out. I don't think they were ready for live Linda reaction. Yeah, I don't, I, they were not prepared for what we are like. <laughs> uh, like anyone who listens to like, this Oops. podcast and hears our live game say, reacts. Linda has some excellent reactions. Yes, yes. Live I mean, reactions. It's anyone amazing. who's used to, who's a regular listener of our podcast knows that we do live game reactions and is familiar with how we do them, but they were not prepared for, uh, no. for our energy. <laughs> but I, I don't, I regret nothing. Um, no, you know I. I mean, we were excited. Come on, yeah, it's like it's Pete. Pete Alonso won the home run derby for the second straight time. Like it was glorious, and like you know, he, he like did it pretty easily too. Like yeah, it was he didn't not look tired at all. Like Otani like, was like bent over, and Pete just like bam, they, bam, 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 bam. Yeah, every, all right, no, done. Every single player looked pretty gassed. Well, because it's Coors Field set. too, so like. So Your body reacts differently to the thin air. They were showing Pete in between rounds and he's just like Zen. In, <laughs> he was vibing. In the locker room. He was he's hanging out with Strowman, clearly. But, yeah, but the vibes just, were immaculate. I think he and Soda were in like the waiting room or wherever. And I think Soda was trying to talk to him and Pete was not having it. He was just chilling against the wall, totally zenning out. Like... I, I had seen some people on Twitter react to the fact that like a lot of the other players, like during their round or like when they were taking their break that they get to take each round in the middle. Like um, I had seen a lot of people reacting to the fact that like a lot of the other guys, like they had other players like running around and like hyping them up during that time. And like, nobody was doing that for Pete. And I was like, guys, I think it's cause he like extremely needs to be in his own head during this. Like you can tell he was like in it to win it and just be like very yeah. competitive about it. Well, Ty, Ty came over. Ty came over at one point. Um, yeah. Ty came over a couple times, I think. And I guess he told Pete hit 35 and Pete's like, all right, I guess right, I'll hit sure. 35. Why not? And Pete was <laughs> Hello. Just saying, like, I mean, I, I tweeted some, I tweeted something like this during the Derby, but like, Pete is literally a player that is genetically engineered for this contest. Oh. Like he is just a large, a large goofball who loves hitting the ball as hard as he possibly can. And That's this gives Pete's him the opportunity natural to element, do that. basically. Yeah, this is literally what Pete Alonzo was crafted for, is this specific event. And so no surprise <laughs> that he won it again. Um, I think, you know, people who are just general baseball fans and didn't necessarily have a rooting interest because a guy from their team was in it or something. Um, I think a lot of people wished that Otani had advanced. Um, and I wish that too, but you know, 
Given the way ESPN was hyping him up, like it was all Otani, Otani, Otani. I mean, and they should so, be because Otani is the most fun player in baseball. He's a fantastic player, but I was just like, oh my God, this is setting him up to like fail. In the yeah, death. the expectations were pretty yeah. sky high. And like, you never, like, you know, obviously, like hitting home runs in an in game situation is completely different, different than hitting batting practice home runs or whatever. Yes. So, like, just because Otani led the league in home runs, which is a very impressive thing, you know, even more impressive probably than the winning this. Yeah. Yeah. But just because he leads the league in home runs doesn't mean he's going to be it's the best translate. The derby. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't think Piazza ever hit any when he competed and then he stopped because he was like, I'm so bad in the derby. <laughs> I'm so bad at this. <laughs> I'm, I like, I refuse to compete. <laughs> and he's like that Seinfeld episode. I choose not to run. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like because, you know, Pete, his first year said he talked to a lot of people. He talked to Todd Frazier. He talked to Cano and they said, you can't go all out because you need to save your energy because there's so many rounds. And that's yeah. what what got Vladito into trouble. Yeah. In 2019. Well, so there's strategy involved, too. You can't just go up there and go bam, 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 bam and expect to win. I was going to say, but Vlad had the other um, issue of his second round would never end with Jock, uh, with Jock Peterson. Yeah. It was just going well, on, and on, and on and on and with on. Soto. Yeah. Did, but I think with... they changed, they changed the rules this time. Well, they around changed the tie break because of like, that. Yeah. I think because of that, they changed the tie break. So this year there, there was a round that tied twice. So like the soda round, it was tied and then they did. Um, and then they did like a minute, another minute and then it was tied yeah. again and then they did like three best like, of three best of yeah. three pitches three basically yeah. three swings i think i think you could take pitches but it was like three swings and soto yep. just like hit them all out so it was like well <laughs> there you go um but i mean the home run derby was a ton of fun i i had so much fun watching it um it was basically an ideal final for me because everyone knows that i am a i am an orioles fan a pseudo orioles fan and Trey Mancini was in the Derby and I wanted him to do well, not just because he's an Orioles, a Birdland boy, but obviously he's such a great story having come back from cancer um, and come back from chemo and treatment and to be, you know, doing as well as he is this year and killing it and being in the home run Derby finals. It's just like freaking awesome. Couldn't have asked for a better final than that. Pete Alonso versus Trey Mancini. So much fun. Like just ideal. It was great. I won't, I won't lie. I like half wanted to see Mancini win. I know. I was like, I, I was thinking minded. that a little yeah. bit. I, I mean, like, I would have enjoyed like, that just because that's the biggest, like I said it on Twitter last night. It's the biggest kind of like fuck cancer that's manifested itself like visually that you can see. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's so true. Um, I think it like I was still rooting for Pete, especially because like by the time like Pete was in the final, we were like live on the podcast and I was like feeling the energy and I was yeah. ready. Yeah. Like, like that was really your fun. head. Yeah, <laughs> I think head. I was. <laughs> Literally. And so like, I, I wanted Pete to win, but I would not have been upset at all. If he lost to Mancini, that would have been like fine by me. But it um, just seemed like Pete had it the whole time. Like yeah. he was never it was, stressed, never, like, stressed, he just never got, No, he just got into a groove and in that was zone. that. Like it and was also, never really all the doubt. credit 
Yeah, and all the credit to Joust. Joust. Too. Joust. Oh my gosh. The real MVP. Like, if you, I don't know if you guys have seen, but people, some people tweeted like hit basically his like strike zone. Yes. Oh my God. It was crazy. Perfect. He was throwing perfect strikes to Pete the entire time, which is like wild. And it makes, and it makes such a big difference, a difference. because that was part of the reason, honestly, Otani got eliminated in the first yeah. round. Yeah. Otani was gassed. I- so that was part of it. But the other part of it is that his pitcher was not throwing him not necessarily not throwing him strikes but not throwing him like pitches like in his happy zone, zone. like where he likes them because Otani's a high ball hitter and at one point he literally motioned to his pitcher like he he waved his hand up as in up. like throw the ball up yep. like throw it higher and then he got into a groove after that yeah. because I think his pitcher realized like oh I'm not throwing it in the right spot for him like his power alley is high pitches so like once he started throwing it to him that way it was better but like it was too late at that point well, I mean, <sighs> Pete had to overcome his pitching, his pitcher in 2019. No, I was going to say last time he did not have a, a very good. <laughs> he did not have Joust. <laughs> yeah, he did not have Joust, but shout out to Joust, the real MVP. Well, and like, I looked it up. Uh, Joust was Nomar Garcia Parra's coach. Oh, that's cool. When he wow. won. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah. So he has experience. So Pete Pete picked a good one this time. I was going to say, and Pete's other motive is made. Whoa. Motivation is the money. His winnings from the home run derby have already eclipsed his actual earnings playing for two and a half seasons now. Yep. Which is pretty wild. Yeah. (laughs) Like at MLB, where are your priorities? Like seriously. But well, also how heartwarming was it to see all of his teammates like tweeting and like Lindor was watching. Oh my God. The video I, of Lindor watching was so good. Yeah. It's with I his loved, little baby. I loved May's graphic with the polar yeah. bear face. Oh yes. And which he May made himself. Fantastic. So like, good. May went all out. Like he went hard. Yeah. Just like we love it. Like they've been like this all year. They're so supportive of each other. It's Mm. just really great to see. Like the team has just such good camaraderie and energy. Like I just really love this team. Yeah. Like all of a sudden McCann got more active on Twitter. Nito was tweeting. Um, And then I think like the Instagram they posted, it was Lindor, Villar, um, Diaz, Peterson, and Drew Smith. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and of course, Strowman was tweeting too. And Strowman, yeah, of course. Yeah. Strowman's always tweeting. He never yeah, Strowman's off. always tweeting. <laughs> yes. Um, so Strowman's like a given at this point. But um, speaking of um, the Mets being supportive, so um, Taiwan Walker was named as a replacement in the All Star Game. So last time, Yay. you know, we we podcasted last Monday um at city field taiwan walker had not yet been named to the all-star game it was obviously jacob Degrom, and jacob Degrom elected not to go um and i i don't know if it was a direct one-to-one replacement but basically like a bunch of guys opted out and whether due to injury or just other reasons there are some guys that have like like i know carlos correa for example like his wife is pregnant so he wanted to spend time with her so um so guys uh, opted out, and so other guys were named as replacements, and Taiwan Walker was one of the pitchers named as a replacement for the National League. So that's very exciting, well, very well-deserved. All of his teammates were super excited about it on Twitter. I know I know, Marcus Stroman's been saying it for a long time, like, Ty needs to be an all-star. Um, so I'm very happy about didn't, that, and hopefully he makes it in the game. The game is Didn't Jacob DeGrom explicitly say in one of his post-game conferences yes. that he was going to try – 
and get Tywan Walker there, not just say he hoped he would get there, but like actually actively try to get him there. Yeah, he said, mis- yeah, he did. Yeah, he okay. did. I'm not res- misremembering that. Okay. No. God, I love this. I think having Jake say something, because it was like basically the next day Tywan Walker was named as to the all-star game. So I think having the best pitcher in baseball endorse you. Yeah, say this. Like, it's, so it's that's going like, to make people stand listen. up and go with this. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, so the all-star game is literally happening right now as we podcast. The American League is winning as they usually do, I feel like. Um, yeah, every damn year. Every year they win. Um, and, you know, it's it's a cool it's a cool it's a cool all-star game especially with otani in it and otani doing what he's doing which no one has ever done like he's dh'ing and Fantastic. he d he's dh'ing and he started the game like he's already out of the game he already pitched um but he pitched he had a one two three inning and he's dh'ing which is insane um obviously it's fantastic every time i oh i wish i could find i wish i loaded the tweet ahead of time but there's a tweet and it's probably one of the funniest baseball tweets i've ever read it's like it's up there in the baseball tweet hall of fame along with like shut the fuck up i'm calculating win probability jesus christ that one (laughs) um this other tweet is like every angels game i see it's like yes trout Trout hit a home run and raised his average to 526 and shohei otani did something that no one's done since like tungsten the arm in 1906 <laughs> and the <laughs> angels lost eight to three or something like that yes it's like, uh, it's a good uh, yeah. then there was there was another one similar oh, wait wait i found it i found things. it yeah read it read, read it vein. okay go. every time i see an angels highlight it's like mike trout hit three home runs today and raised his average to 528 while Shohei Otani did something that hasn't been done since Tungsten Armo Doyle of the 1921 <laughs> Akron Groomsman as the Tigers defeated the Angels 8-3. to three. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and the tweet I saw like in that vein was like, I think it's like they have the, the Angels have like the best players or the, I forget what it was, basically like the two best players and they're still going to lose 100 games. Yeah, yeah. like it's, it's, it's incredible. It's a failure, God. <sighs> Like, oh, and wait, I've also forgot that, you know, Taiwan Walker also said he was excited to go see Pete win the home run derby when he got the nominee. When he yeah, found that out was he, the thing he was yeah. most looking forward to was seeing Pete win the home run derby. He specifically so said win the home run derby. Yes, so yes, yes. Taiwan Walker called it. All right. So now back to Shohei. <laughs> back to Shohei Otani. So, Shohei Otani. So like he's the coolest player in baseball. And like I, there was an article, I think. I can't remember if it was uh, posted today or yesterday, but I think it was Jared Diamond um, wrote it. That's basically like Otani's getting all these comparisons to Babe Ruth, but that's actually unfair because no, he's no. actually better than Babe Ruth. <laughs> yeah, he has no comparison. That, see, that's the whole thing. I get frustrated with just comparisons in general. Oh, like his swing is like this guy or his defense is like this guy. These guys are individuals and they're going to make their own mark. Yeah, like so Shohei, essentially what Shohei, Shohei Otani is doing is unprecedented. Like, the and only, Babe Ruth could not do that. Babe Ruth could not do what Otani is doing. And no. the Babe only, Ruth was playing like you know, plumbers or yeah, like, yeah, exactly. He was playing the firefighters and the yeah, <laughs> the, the only, community helpers. The only like maybe comparison that you could maybe do if you're really looking for a comparison to Shohei Otani is you have to go back to the Negro Leagues. That's where you have to look for yeah. it because those were the true two. Those were the true two way players. If you go back to the Negro yeah. Leagues, those are the last time you had like 
actual two-way players playing against other, you know, two-way players and other like real baseball players. So mm. it's pretty amazing. Um, and you know, I, but it's I why I love the All-Star game. Yeah. I don't understand why they have to compare Otani to somebody. He's don't. just that's, celebrate Otani again, for being Otani. I just, I feel that way kind of about every player, but more yeah. so in the case of players that are, do have elite talent that is like once in a generation type talent. Yeah. I guess so, you have to have something to like contextualize it. So people can kind of understand yeah. what he's doing. Like the lay person, maybe. I mean, I was going to say you can, you yeah. can contextualize what he's doing though, in a more general sense, not saying he player a is like exactly like player B or can be compared yeah. to player B. I could, I like, I could just see it being leveled here. Hey, here's what like the league averages. Here's how insane his stats are, or here's like all these stats from the past. And he's now doing all of this, doing all these crazy things that we haven't seen before. Yeah. And of course, I mean, I feel like I didn't even put this in the show notes because it just happened, but I feel like we need to address this. Of course, we have Stephen A. Smith out there, yeah. like oh God. talking bullshit about Otani. Like, uh, like it's just so annoying uh, that like the guys with the platforms are the ones spewing this like racist bullshit about players. Because of course, Stephen A. Smith, like he talked about like, oh, Otani's so good and he's like the face of baseball, but it's like a shame that like the guy that's the face of baseball needs a translator because it makes it hard for like, you know, that baseball, the market it's, it's game to the American public. And it's like, Oh my God, go away. Vafangulo Smith, get a translator for that. <laughs> yeah. Translate <laughs> that. Translate that. Can't like, like Dupa translate that. <laughs> like, why don't you learn Japanese? <laughs> Sono es stupida. Stupido. Excuse me. <laughs> like, come on. I just, Oh, no, so I did see somebody like I think they posted the picture of oh God, like him and Soto hugging like after their round. And it's like these are two ba- like phenomenal baseball players from two totally different countries, but they speak the language of baseball and they understood yeah. each other perfectly. And that's all you really need. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like the language of baseball transcends barriers like and guess what america isn't the only one celebrating otani like japan Everybody i'm is. sure japan is, goes bananas over yeah him. he's a superstar in japan well his so, point was that oh your mlb is trying to grow its game in america and like the nba he he basically tried to like explain it by saying like oh the nba and the nfl have like such younger audiences and the mlb audience is older and whiter and in order to market to that audience like it's it there's a barrier there and i'm just like how do you think you fix that by diversifying the representation in the game like now you have like young asian fans see otani and they see themselves in him you Uh see like you know young japanese americans get very excited about seeing themselves represented (laughs) <laughs> like how do you think how do you think you grow the game like the part that's part of the problem is that the audience is old and white you need to go past that and in order to grow past that you need baseball to represent america yeah we can't just continue to whitewash baseball just because that's the norm right it's so stupid and like Steven just- smith is stupid though there's so many levels. there's so many levels of stupid Bye. about that yeah. because like 
there's just there's so much going on that makes it dumb because first of all like i don't even see the like barrier that the translator presents here like all that happens is that they give post-game quotes and then the translator gives it in english like yeah sure there there is an issue that some things might get lost in translation every now and again but like it's probably the interjections like um or uh yeah yeah like i don't i don't see the barrier that he's like really talking about a and b who cares? Like his post game quotes are not why people are excited about his time. No. His, his issue is that he doesn't speak English and that's a crime. Yeah. Well, I do you like you know, after watching a full season of Rangers hockey where they have very few players who speak English. So if anything, it makes it just harder on the reporters because they have to wait. They have to ask their question. Then the translator has to translate it. Then the, it was usually Artemi Panarin would speak in Russian. He would give his answer in Russian. Then the translator would then have to translate it back in English. So the post game would take a little longer, but that's not my problem. That's the reporter's problem. And the reporter said they had not, they never had an issue. So and. If- Linda, like, like, I don't understand why now. Like, I mean, I understand why people are complaining, but you know, I don't, you're still I, getting I, the information. You're not. Yeah. It just takes a little while longer. I was gonna say, I don't. I don't think the reporters have an issue with it. I they think don't. the owners. The owners have an issue with it. Yeah, we'll get well, higher we know, up. Have it. We know the Mariners. I mean, you know, does. flashback to the Mariners situation and they cry about paying for translators but i i imagine that's just that's a similar that's not a unique feeling no amongst probably owners and the higher owners probably not but like linda (sighs) i i don't know enough about hockey to speak on this so you can correct me if i'm wrong but has anyone like complained to this level about hockey translators yeah not a single complaint about them speaking i mean and you have to get i mean I mean, I get there's a lot of languages in baseball, but hockey, it's a lot. Like just on the Rangers, they had Russians, they had um, they had Czech, they had Finnish, they had Swedish, they had English, they had, you know, like you can have six different languages on one team. They had a kid who speaks French because he's French Canadian. So that's Bonjour. So now Six different. So I mean, some of them did speak English as well. But if they didn't, that's six different translators you need, and not a single complaint. Listeners, I will give you three guesses, and the first two don't count as (laughs) to the difference between these uh, between the hockey players and the baseball players that people Uh are complaining about. Can't quite put my finger on it. Yeah, who was it that was it? Glepper Torres. They originally complained about. I uh yeah, Glavier Torres and uh the oh god, the reliever on the Mariners. The um it, hang on the Japanese reliever. Yeah, what's the difference between Glepper Torres and Artemi Pinero? And there was also another and there was also another Latin prospect in the Mariners system that they were yeah. complaining about that the owner was complaining about. Hmm. So the difference here. Mm-hmm. Like it it's just so patently obvious, and I wish they would yeah, like we shouldn't again. So I'm I'm gonna get off my soapbox about this because Stephen A. Smith Iwakuma. is not yeah, Iwakuma. Oh yeah. Stephen A. Smith is not worth Stephen A. Smith's baseball opinions are not worth anyone's time because he is not a baseball analyst. So he should probably I was stop talking. Say, I, feel like none of his, I feel ESPN like ESPN just his. got hockey. Is he gonna complain about Artemi Panarin next season speaking it's, Russian? It, 
I don't think his athletic opinions are worth anything from what I have seen of him. So well, and this is what ESPN wants. They fired all their journalists. So now they just have hot take artists. They're like their sports talk radio at this point. Yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. I don't even like ESPN to begin with. So they're, mm. they're, they're like the fan at this point, basically. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and it's like, I mean, to Jeff Passan's credit, he like went on ESPN later and like, basically like basically pushed back against what Stephen A. Smith was saying, but it's like, okay, like, cool, but, like, it rings kind of hollow coming from you, a white guy. Like, can we please get some diverse voices on here to talk about this that aren't you? I don't know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Anyway, back to the Mets, as Steve Cohen <laughs> Steve would say. Cohen, we kind of... Um, we kind of... Uh, Went off tangent there for a minute. That's okay. Uh, but the other major Mets thing that I want to talk about is, um, obviously, the Mets drafted Kumar Rocker in the first round Woo! of the draft. Oh, wait, can I just, uh, I just saw a tweet. J.D. Davis tonight, four for six with a home run (gasps) and three RBIs. In his last three games, Davis has seven hits and 12 at bats. That is in my show notes, Linda. Don't, do not despair. We will be discussing. Um, Well, future directions of the Mets, which includes J.D. Davis. Just saying, my man seems ready, okay? He's ready. He's ready. He'll be back right after the All-Star break. So that's something to And then he's going to get traded. No, I'm kidding. No, No. that's straight from (laughs) Syracuse Mets that J.D. Um, See, there's too much chatter about that, and I disagree with it entirely about trading him. I'm yeah, just gonna I say don't that think right they now. should. Even well, if obviously they... we know my opinion on this. <laughs> like, Wait, Linda, you want him traded, right? Right? What? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that was priceless. Um, but like, you should know I'm trolling you. <laughs> oh, I... it was an Oppo home run too. Look at that. Oh, nice. Oh God, think... they blew out. Oh, Taco playing. Yeah. Even if they get um. Chris Bryant, which listen, I would be thrilled about. I don't think they should trade JD Davis because then he becomes Ooh. like the most, the most valuable pinch hitter on your team. Yeah. You can have both. There's a way to get both. Have your cake and eat it too. Exactly. And absolutely. I learned this whole time. I was like, Chris Bryant is my birthday twin. They need to get <laughs> Chris Bryant. I love Chris Bryant. And former writer Alex Nelson pointed out to me that former Mason Avenue writer Alex Nelson pointed out to me that there is a current Met 
who will also is born on January 4th that I did not realize. <gasps> Any Ooh. guesses as to who that current vet is? Joey Lucchese? No, I, I was like, please let it be Joey Lucchese, but it was not. I have no idea. I don't know who. It's Pilar. Oh, no way. Yes. I was like, oh my God, Pilar. I was like, I liked him before. I was like, no, I love him. I was like, I'm all in on the Pilar train. (laughs) I mean, I already was. That's awesome. um, My birthday twin is Ari Dickey, which I will forever be proud of. That's a good one. Do you have a birthday twin, Killian? I know you're near Jacob deGrom. I'm the day after Jacob deGrom. That's close enough. Yeah, so he's he's my birthday buddy, but we're not birthday twins. That's close enough. That's pretty. Yeah. I was gonna say, and someone's on the twenty first too. Oh, so they're like around you. Yes, oh. I'm. I'm sandwiched in there. I don't think there are any current Mets with my birthday, but Ari Dickey is good. I might get me. a Pilar jersey if he sticks around. <laughs> you should. I mean, they're I probably gonna. I mean, he has an option for next year, which they will like in all likelihood exercise. Good keep. Yeah. So, why not? All right. So, um, Pilar, go, go, should I say it? Should I declare Pilar my new man's? Or oh no, that, that might be a dangerous <gasps> proposition. Oh no! Like don't you, do that. You, I really don't want to. He already had his devastating injury this year. Is he going to have another? He one? overcame a fastball to the face. Declaring him my man. Being a man's can't be any worse than that. Get <laughs> like he like can overcome that. Yeah. To, to man's declaring. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, so I like back to Kumar Rocker. I speaking of jerseys, I'm like already ready to order my Kumar Rocker jersey as a, thrown a pitch, even in the Mets minor league system, and I'm like so hyped about it. Like he's fantastic. I, I told. I this, really still can't believe it's real that they. I know. Got him. I know. It's I know. One right. Those things where it's like everything's coming up Mets, and I'm just like, this doesn't usually happen. What's gonna What's go happening? wrong? No, like I mean, I said it on the the SB Nation podcast. Like, there's a disturbance in the force. Like, something is up with the karma because good things are happening to the New York Mets, and New York Mets fans do not know how to process this, like at all. Um, first, it was like you know sign uh, trading for and extending Lindor and now like they're getting the actually the good draft picks it's like insane um and they're like paying over slot for the guys that they want which is like new I mean not new this year but like new in the past like couple years um because they did that with Matthew Allen last year and I mean Matthew Allen had Tommy John surgery so obviously like we haven't gotten to see him develop, but like prior to the Tommy John surgery, like, you know, he was on track to be like a, a very top prospect for the Mets. So like, and so like that seems to be working out for them. And um, it's just, it's just amazing that Kumar Rocker fell to them with, I mean, I, I'm wow. I'm just still stunned at that. I mean, there's, still like, stunned. there's a combination of like legitimate. So like the reason he, he fell to 10, which is where the Mets drafted. There's like a combination of factors. And obviously for far more detailed and informed analysis about that, y'all should listen to From Complex to Queens because I got you covered on all of this along with all the other Mets draft picks, which we will not go into on this podcast. Um, But it's a combination of the teams above the Mets doing weird stuff with like under slot so that they could save their draft pool for the other rounds and get good value from the later rounds. Um, Like the Royals did that with their kind of weird pick that no one was expecting them to do. So it's like combination of the teams above them doing weird stuff. Um, A little bit of 
pros un undeserved probably prospect fatigue with Kumar Rocker a bit like you know he's just been like famous forever now like he's been the name for so long um and I feel like there there is a certain amount of like oh you know that guy like he's overrated e even though that's not really true um uh. and like a combination of those two things and actual legitimate concerns about Kumar Rocker that are founded in certain ways like he did lose fastball velocity and that's never a good sign um um, but, you know, how much of that is due to like college workload and like working his way up to an MLB workload and how much of that is like a, you know, a tweak in his delivery that the Mets can make that can help him in that regard. But like his slider is an MLB ready pitch today. Like it is a nasty, nasty pitch and he knows how to use it and he knows in what situations to use the secondary pitches. Like he's got the baseball acumen to be a top of the line rotation starter in the big leagues from what I understand from people who know much more about this stuff than I do. Um, but it's just a question of like getting that fastball velocity back up to what it was and, you know, making that pitch as good as his slider um, is. So I'm, I don't know. I'm psyched. Like when Michael and I, so Michael and I listened to the draft in the car cause we were driving back from Vermont to see my brother. Um, and Michael said before the draft, he was like, well, you know, there's a chance that Kumar Rocker could follow the Mets. And I like poo-pooed it. I was like, no, I'm not even like, don't even put that out there because I don't want to think about it because I don't want to get my hopes up. And I chastised him. I was like, you're you're getting your hopes up over something that's probably not happening. And he was like, I know, but I'm just excited. And then like every, like as every pick went and he was still on the board, like we got more and more excited. I was like, see, you're getting my hopes up now. No, like you can't do this to me. And then I was like, and then the pick before the Mets went and it wasn't him and he was still on the board when the Mets were ready to pick. And I was like, no, you know what's happening. This is setting us up for maximum disappointment because what's going to happen is that he's still going to be on the board, but the Mets are going to draft someone else. And then the fucking Nationals are going to draft him. I was like, I just know that's what's happening. I just know that's what's happening. Because um, I have poisoned Mets fan brain. I was going to um, say, Allison, this is not the Wilpon Mets anymore. I know, I know, I know. And I <laughs> but it's to, hard to get over. I so much PTSD, man. It um, is so much trauma. But but then it like, really is. But then like it, I felt like the energy had built up so high, and then like the Mets pick came and they called his name, and Michael and I just like started screaming. We were like, ah! like it was basically like we celebrated like we would celebrate if the Mets just walked it off in the bottom of the ninth. <laughs> we <were> like, ah! <laughs> it was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. So like, well, even, to say, I'm excited. It, even now, I think they put there's a billboard up, and I want to say, yeah, in Queens. I think like I think it's in time. Is it in Times Square? Or I thought somebody sitting. It was in Astoria, but but it didn't. I mean, it doesn't matter where it is. It's the fact that like this is how stars are made. Like this is it's how. There. Yeah, this is how you market your team. Like we should be excited. Everybody in New York should be excited. We got like a kick-ass prospect and like I feel like that kind of excitement has just been dormant for so long and you know now it just seems like everything about the organization is changing now the Wilpons are gone. like I don't want to you know keep putting everything like oh it was the Wilpons like Cohen's our savior like but it does it makes a big difference like you know just looking at how Piazza was treated when he was treated here and the like the massive amounts of press waiting for him at LaGuardia like you knew he was a star and 
you know, that's it's just kind of gotten lost for a while. And, you know, I want I want that excitement back, that buzz around New York again. And at least the Mets are trying to move in that that direction. Yeah, like it's if Kumar Walker ends up being like, you know, ends up panning out to his prospect pedigree, like he will run this city. Like he will be a, he had a good attitude too. He seems yeah. very confident. He's confident and he was just a man of few words, which in this case I enjoyed, especially like watching the draft and seeing all the other players kind of surrounded by like everybody. He was just with his parents, kind of quiet, no hype. I really enjoyed that. That's, but that's usually how I roll. I, I prefer the silent ones that don't necessarily um, put themselves out into the limelight. Nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just my personal preference. So I'm just, I'm really excited for him. He's really tall. (laughs) He's five. Um, We love our big tall pitchers. We do. We do. He'll fit right in. Noah's 6'6". Peterson's, oh I think, like six three, six. Yeah, four. Peterson's tall too. Poor Strowman. Yes. Oh, and Walker too. He's tall. Yeah, they're all tall except Strowman. Strowman. Height don't measure heart. We all know. No, height exactly. does not measure heart. No, and Plus, I, don't, I think Cookie might be like average-ish. Average, yeah. Plus, how cool of a baseball name is Kumar Rocker? Like, come on. No, but as growing up, like in the nineties, is seeing a rocker on a Mets jersey. Like, I gotta, I gotta get out of that. No, it's a different yeah, rocker. I, I know say, you gotta get the PTSD no from John Rocker. Out no relation. Of like, I get I it. Say- completely different athlete absolutely no relation. But it just, I still have flashbacks hearing Rocker. Yeah, I get that. Um, it's hard, but we're we, rec- we, love we you, will Kumar. reclaim it. We'll reclaim it. Yes, well, we're taking it back. We're taking it back. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, as much as it was um frustrating for the first half to end for the Mets as it did with that like really annoying loss on Sunday, um, you know, I feel like a lot of that kind, a lot of the bad taste in the mouth got washed out with the Kumar Rocker pick. It's very exciting. Um. You know, they did play 31 games in 33 days to close the season. Exactly. And it was a brutal schedule with like not a full rotation. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, you know, they, they are, despite everything that has happened injury wise, they are still in first place. They're still in first place. They're in a very good position. Um, and, you know, they have they are in a position to get even better because um, they can add at the trading deadline if they want. They can add pitching. They should add pitching, but and and potentially hitting too. They they should add in multiple areas if they can. Um, but um, Carrasco and JD JD Davis is definitely coming back imminently, like right after the All Star break. That's when he's slated to come back. He's going to travel with the team in Pittsburgh. That will be a huge um boost to the team. Um, as Linda mentioned, he's tearing the cover off the ball in his rehab assignment. He's ready. Um, and Carlos Carrasco hopefully will not be too far behind. With Carrasco, it's kind of like one of those because he's had so many like bumps in the road. Uh, I'm not going to call it a setback because that's <laughs> right. Because he's had so many bumps in the road. It's one of those, like, I'll believe it when I see it situations, but like, it actually seems close now. Like they're saying, you know, like maybe, maybe, maybe like he could 
line up in the fifth game, like after the all-star break so that they'll have like a full uh, complement of pitchers. I don't know if they want to push that, but originally they had said like end of July, beginning of August. So like he's close either way. Like he's yeah. going to be back within a week or two of the, of the all-star break. So I was not nuts about them saying, oh, he's going to have like one rehab start and then come back up. I'm not nuts about that either. But Dave, Dave pointed out in Slack that like he was essentially ramped up all the way. Like he basically did have like a full spring training. Yeah. Um, So there's that, but I don't know. I think he could probably use one more rehab start. Um, It's not just one, like give him two at least. But yeah, we'll see what the happens plan is to have Carlos Carrasco. This was Joel Sherman a day ago. Um, throw one inning Thursday for Brooklyn. So this week he's supposed to be on the mound. Okay, good. Um, so yeah, Carrasco's really close now. Um, yeah. is in like this month close. So that's good. Um, and they desperately need him. Um, and you know, at that point, the rotation will be in much better shape because they'll have. Um, It'll be an actual five pitcher rotation. And according to Rojas, his pitches look good. So yes, take that with a grain of salt, because obviously the coach is going to say that. But I mean, the Mets should still add pitching because at this point they are at the limit of their. You can never have enough pitching, even Um, if they had. Especially with that puppy down. Yeah, because of the injuries they do have. Because let us review, like, okay, at that point they will actually have a five man rotation because they will have you know their normal guys at the top. They'll have Degrom. Stroman Walker, and then they'll have Carrasco back in the rotation. They'll have Tyler McGill, who has pretty much cemented himself in the rotation at this point by performing well, well beyond expectations. Um, good so you, for him, which has been a great story. It's been a yeah. great story of all the guys, of all the like kind of random spot starters they've had to use. He's been the most successful. So good for him. Um, he is fully the David Peterson replacement now. But if we talk about the other like potential starting pitching options that are injured we've got david peterson we've got Corey oswalt's on the injured list we've now got thomas sapucky who's having ulnar uh replacement like reposition surgery the same the same surgery that jacob de and steven matz had in the past which for it wasn't a big deal for either of them so like hopefully this is something he can rehab but at this point you've got like a guy who who took a really long time to rehab from tommy john and now he's having this other surgery it's just not great um and so that's him. Um, we've obviously still got other guys on the injured list in the form of like long men slash spot starters. Gazelman's out for the year. We've got Sean Reed Foley on the injured list. We've also got Tommy Hunter on the injured list still with no Ugh. timeline for return. I miss Tommy Hunter. I know, me too. Ew. Um, but it's just like, not only are there all these starters on the injured list, but they're kind of all the guys that would give them length are on the mm-hmm. injured list. Um, and you know, Jared Eikhoff's been ineffective. Um, and so it's just like, they really behind, they finally have five guys in the rotation. Now they pretty much feel comfortable with in their respective roles, but like beyond that, you have nothing. nothing. So they really need to add pitch. And I was going to say, and Syndergaard had a setback too. Yes. So he's not, cause he was supposed to be due back. I think this month or early yeah, August, you know, around the same September. time as Carrasco, Carrasco, around the same time as Carrasco. But now we're at the point where, and we've discussed this on past podcasts. Now we're at the point where Syndergaard, I mean, hopefully he comes back in September. He seems like he's, you know, progressing well in his like current stage of rehab, but like 
you, when you activate a guy in September, like you're at the point where he's like not stretched out for a playoff run. And so you kind of no. almost need to use him out of the bullpen, um, which well, would be a McGill, great option for them. McGill is only going four or that, five innings. So yeah, which I, I mean, say, is all you can expect. Right oh, walkers in, walkers in. Oh, yeah! Go Tygo! Yeah, Ty. the AL is up for nothing at this point. It was four to oh, one. Oh, four one. I'm sorry. JT Ramuto hit a home run. Okie dokie. Um, but yeah, so Taiwan Walker's in the game, which is very exciting. Um, but yeah, I mean, things are looking good for the Mets, but they and and they're getting their pretty much their last two like really key guys back in JD Davis and Carlos Carrasco. And then like really the only key, absolutely key sideline guy at that point is Noah Syndergaard. Um, so they're like pretty healthy obviously a lot of their depth is still injured but like the the main guys like the starting guys are back at this point um which is really yes. good did he get a strikeout oh he fouled it oh um but they could stand they could stand to add so that's kind of where the mets are at i hope that they do something with pitching they don't necessarily Not Cole need Hamels, though. no they're going to his showcase which is why we're reacting to that yeah. um but you know i don't think that's anything i mean like and if it is a thing i don't think it's the only thing they do because like no i think that was actually more for the clicks negative negative feelings about cole hamels aside which you know there are negative feelings um like he hasn't he's not on a team like he hasn't pitched this year so like he needs time to ramp up the mets don't have that time the the luxury of that time you know so to give a guy like that a flyer they can as like depth sure whatever but that can't be the only thing they do um they don't necessarily need to add a guy um that would cost a lot oh did he give up something no, no, no. It was right to the wall. Okay, okay. okay yeah, good. out to center fielder Chris Taylor. I was like, no, he can't give up a run. No, no. no I was going to say continue our streak of good pitchers in the All-Star game. Uh, <sighs> they don't need, the Mets don't necessarily need to add a guy um, that'll cost one of their top prospects with multiple te- years of team control a la Abarios or Marquez. They could go after that, um, especially considering their rotation picture for the future um they could stand to do that but like as far as this year is concerned and their current state of things they don't necessarily have to go after a guy like that they could um but they don't have to so they could go after like a rental um but they could use potentially like you know more bullpen help as well the bullpen yes. can begun to look shaky um castro looks really bad um because of sticky stuff probably um and so you know and the bullpen has just it's been a heavy workload for them like it has and they, they're like, just exhausted done more than admirably for basically shouldering everything everything far. and the amount of spot starts people guys have done the outside, amount yeah of just outside bullpen of, games um, yeah just outside games, of degrom stroman and walker double headers injuries and even degrom stroman and walker like degrom's yep. had a few games where he's left the game early you know rightfully yep. so because he didn't want to be hurt even worse he did the right thing but like when degrom only goes three innings that's six a innings problem. the bullpen has to pitch um, so they have pitched a he, lot of innings and he and Walker had short IL stints. So very short, like I think very he missed short. like one start. So yeah, um, but still that's one start that the bullpen had to pick up. Pick up. And so, you know, you've got, um, 
they could use some help um, in the bullpen, even though they're they're mostly healthy. Um, they could use some help. So just like pitching help in general. Well, shout out to Aaron Loop. I don't think we've Ugh, ever mentioned Aaron, Aaron Loop. No, oh, Aaron Loop did wonderfully. Yeah, so good. Did Ty get through the inning? No, he just got a strikeout. Second out. Um, shout out to Aaron Loop, who's been one of the bullpen MVPs this year, and no one talks about him for enough. sure. No, um, he in the bullpen game on Sunday, obviously, like everyone's frustrated that they lost that game. It was a frustrating loss, but I feel like lost amongst all that frustration was the fact that Aaron Loop pitched two innings to open that game, and yes, he did, and it was great. It was great, and pitched three innings another game when like yeah, yes, he pitched three innings in a game like two or three weeks ago. Um, and, and the dude just wants to do, you know, drink a beer and have fun. <laughs> He's yeah, been right? great this no, year. So. Ty, no, Ty. Uh oh. Not a oh, home run. A still say home run. Linda. Yeah. Oh no. Who was this motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Spicy. Oh, Mike Zanino. Who the Rays. f? Rays. Oh, Mike Zanino's on the Rays. Oh my god! I really want to name the podcast that, but I can't. <laughs> I really want to make that the podcast title, but I don't think I can. Uh, no, probably not. <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, you oh, would just have god. to censor it a little bit. Yeah, um, mother effer. <laughs> anyway, put, put the stars in the the UCK. I yeah, Oh, did Degrom did give up a home run to Trout in 2018? Yeah, but it's Trout. Whatever. Oh, Ty. At least he didn't pitch as poorly as Corbin Burns. Um, As two? Corbin Burns. He gave up two home runs. I mean, the ML is kind of like not good to begin with right now. They're losing now five points. Trash for like ten years. I'm tired of it. Yeah, it's annoying. Well, and also um, the one year, 2015, they would have won if they had just bought Jake in an inning earlier instead of Kershaw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Ty, not again. No, 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 no. No, in no, playouts. No, you got it, you got it, you got it, you got I it. In playouts. In playouts. I was going to say, I think game days ahead of you, Lynn. Oh. Okay, well. well. I'm sure that was Ty's one inning. All right, bye-bye, All-Star game. Nobody cares. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Watch the one part that matters. Yeah. Um, anyway. So I feel like we, and we will go into this a little bit more in greater depth next week, because we are very lucky that Cheryl ring has agreed to come back on the podcast, um, which is awesome. So we're going to talk to Cheryl next week. Um, But, you know, we, last time we recorded, we didn't talk about Trevor Bauer because we did not want to, you know, uh, ruin the good vibes of the, uh, of the city field parking lot podcast, but, um, we would be amiss if we did not discuss Trevor Bauer at all, because the last time we discussed this, the allegations had literally just come out. Like it was the same day, um, that the TMZ report came out and the TMZ report, you know, was not very detailed. It was just like, there are allegations, basically there is a restraining order. And that was all we knew. Um, since then we've learned, um, details about the allegations against Bauer and they are terrible, (laughs) like really bad. Um, I will not go into graphic detail about this. Um, I will link the athletic story. If you want to seek out the details, you can read them yourself. Um, But needless to say, um, they are bad. 
Um, and, you know, I, the, all I'll say is that the encounter essentially began as consensual, um, but then the woman accuses him of doing several things she did not consent to, um, including- including- and couldn't, and couldn't. including <sighs> things while she was unconscious. So it's 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 very very graphic and very awful. Um, she required treatment uh, at the hospital for traumatic injury. Like that is where we're at. Um, and so she, as we knew from the initial TMZ report, she issued a t- she asked for a temporary restraining order against him, which was granted on June 28th. Um, she also recorded a phone conversation with Bauer, like at the request of the police. She basically like he didn't know she was recording him and she called him and like at, basically asked him what he did to her while she was unconscious. And he admitted to I don't know if he admitted to everything, but he admitted to at least some of the acts. Um so that's the state of things right now. Um, Bauer is currently on administrative leave. Oh, and he, of course, he's denying everything. Oh, yeah. And he <laughs> continues to de- deny everything. Which And his lovely agent, of course. Good luck with that. Um, and if you notice, and I mean, we'll get to Rachel Luba in a minute, but like, if you notice, like all his statements and stuff, like all his representation agent wise, like it's not her giving these statements. It's his other agent, um, the dude, whatever his name is. I don't remember. It's not important. Um so Bauer is currently on administrative leave while Major League Baseball and the and the Pasadena Police Department conduct their respective investigations. Well, and they extended it to the players' union didn't. Yes, that's fight, correct. Fight yeah. that. That's correct. So the initial leave is always is seven days. That's like kind of the default administrative leave for things like this. Um, but they extended that pretty much indefinitely, and it will it will be in place until at least July twenty third because that's when his hearing is taking place. Although we should say it did take them a few days to even take that step to place right. him on administrative leave. That's correct. MLB dragged its feet like way beyond what was necessary. Um, putting As they on usually leave. do. Um, so that kind of, and it's, I, I won't say unfairly because it wasn't unfair that it was put in the hands of the Dodgers, but it should have been taken out of the hands of the Dodgers in the first place because MLB should have acted swiftly and just placed him on administrative leave immediately. But instead they dragged their feet. And so like, he was he was not on leave yet and he was still active and with the team and expected to make his next start and so then the decision was put to the Dodgers because the MLB had not yet acted and so Dave Roberts at that point said that like that the Dodgers basically made it seem like he was going to make his next start and Dave Roberts had said quote it's out of our hands which it's literally not like no like, no you, you can the, control yes, who you starts can, you control you who can starts set the lineups, you, my your front office can put someone Never mind. It's Which, not like, even. And I mean, like they were saying, like <sighs> people were saying, like, eh, 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 like the Dodgers can't act if MLB. Did. They they cannot play him though. They they don't have the power to like put him on leave, but they don't have to start him. Play him. The Mets they scratch have... match Harvey when he showed up late to practice. Yeah, you, like you the can... Mets did this. The Mets suspended yeah. Matt Harvey themselves. Yeah, like you can. Do That's the whole thing. They have the team. power. The Dodgers had the power to suspend him for not like the obviously not administrative leave but they didn't even have to suspend him like there was an out saying we don't think his mind is in the right place he's facing serious allegations we think it's better somebody else makes that start until we hear from the league end of story yeah not the the dithering answer that dave roberts gave it's really easy it's really easy but instead they were just like "Eh, it's out of our hands no it's not because they're cowards they were cowards when they signed him and now they're continuing to be cowards about it absolute cowards um but um, and now they don't want to pay him the 40 million dollars 
But ultimately, Ugh, MLB before his before his start, MLB did eventually put him on administrative leave, and so obviously that at that point, like the Dodgers got there start him eventually, even if they wanted to. Um. So, but the what an interesting wrinkle to this is that the Pasadena Police Department has said that their criminal investigation of Bauer is quote bigger than we thought, which can mean a lot of things. Like they did not go into detail about what that means. Um, but it, it can mean several things. My initial thought, and again, this is my, this is my own thought. This is not what they said. Um, this is my own conjecture is that he, it could mean he has more than one victim, that this is not the only time he has done this. That was kind of my feeling too. It's when kind I of first, the first thought yeah. you get from reading yeah. that. Um, like what else could that mean? Um, like, I don't know. There, there's other, there's or, other things that could mean. Well, then I there was also that's... somebody else weighed in saying like, it's tricky. Like if it was anybody else, they would probably already be arrested. But yeah, because of what, like that's... his status, he hasn't, but. I mean, oh God, he should have, he should be arrested. He'd obviously be out on bail if he was, but. But also at the same time, I get why they haven't arrested him because a guy like him will easily find a technicality and walk. Yeah, that's true. So because he has, I think he hired like a dream team of attorneys or something. Oh, yeah. He probably hired like the OJ attorneys or whatever. The funds. Yeah. So you have to make sure your case is airtight before you arrest him because they'll they'll fight anything to get him off on a technicality. Yeah. Mm. And, and I mean, well, like I said, we ha- we're going to have Cheryl on to talk about this next week more and she can go into more detail about the, about the legal aspects of this. Um, cause she's far more informed <laughs> about that than we are. Um, but I will say that since, since all of this, since he's been put on leave, since now that we're like kind of just waiting for MLB and for the police to do their investigations, which I mean, I feel like the listeners on this podcast are sophisticated enough to know this, but I do feel like it bears repeating the investigation that MLB is performing and the criminal investigation are two separate entities as in the bar of proof. The burden of proof does not have to be the same, right? Like the burden of proof to convict him of a crime is much higher. MLB Uh can suspend him if they want based on the evidence that they are presented. It does not have to rise to the level of his conviction of a crime in order for MLB to impose the maximum penalty. And we've we've seen that in past cases with Jose Reyes, with Araldo Stratman, with, um, oh my God, Urias, I think. Um, Yeah, Urias, yeah. Urias, I'm sorry. Um, I couldn't think of his name and I ended up mispronouncing it. They've, they all received- Literally the same organization. Yeah. (laughs) but they're committed to being better, Allison. Oh, oh yeah. God. But all these, but the, all this has precedent. All their charges, I believe, were dropped. At least Chapman's and Reyes's were. Um, and, but the league still suspended them. Yeah. I know. I think, I think what, Reyes was 50 or 60 games? Reyes was 80. Yeah. It was 80? Okay. I thought so, yeah. Hang on. I thought that Ray is. I'm going to go look this up. I thought so too. But I could be wrong. Um, I try to erase all that from my memory. Um, All right. But. Yeah, through the end of May. 
So that was like 60 games, okay. uh, 50, 51 regular season games. Oh yeah, that's there. right. Cause, oh, yeah. Eight, Cause 80. 80s usually, 80s, 80s usually the, the steroids. Was steroids. Herrera? Somebody got Odubel? 80. Yeah. No, Odubling did 80. Um, was it? Um, it's so sad. We have to go through Ozuna? like every single, like how many? Roberto Ozuna, did he get 80? Did Domingo Herman get 80? 70, yeah, he, Ozuna got 75. Okay, close. I think 80 is the max you, like, they can suspend yeah. under that policy. Anyway, oh, Christ. Yeah, it is kind of <laughs> disturbing that we have to like re- go through our memories of the many, many domestic violence perpetrators in MLB. Um, but, but the point of that is that it's not unheard of for players to have charges dropped, their criminal charges dropped, but for the league to suspend them. Right. Like the point the being, point. <laughs> yeah, the point being that like that is a response to the innocent until proven guilty due process crowd. Like no one is saying that Trevor Bauer is not entitled to due process. He will get due process. And that is what is happening for him right now. But yeah, he's due in court July 23rd. Literally. But he doesn't have to commit an act, be convicted of an actual crime for MLB to suspend him. That is up to Major League Baseball. Um, and, you know. Like baseball is a private entity. Like this is his employer. They could like if you did something fucked up at your job, uh-huh. they can do what it, they could suspend yeah. you. They could fire you. They can fire you, and like you know, you don't have to commit a crime. Your job no. can decide to fire you because you yeah. did something bad. <laughs> if I showed up at work like drunk or something, and they told me you're out of here, I have no re- legal recourse. They're right. my employer. Right. Yep. So, um, so both those things are happening. We don't know yet. Um, neither investigation is complete um, and it likely is not close to complete because uh, they are going to try to be thorough about this. Um, so, you know, in the meantime, the only thing that's really happened other than like Bauer is on administrative leave awaiting all of this um, is that the Dodgers have like made moves to distance themselves from him. So they've canceled his bobblehead day um, and several Dodgers players have unfollowed Bauer on social media. Um, so like that is good. I mean, like, I'm not going to say that that's and they bad. pulled his merchandise. They too. pulled his merch and all that. So like those things are good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say that they're bad, um, but it's kind of the bare minimum. I mean, on one hand, I was I was like encouraged to see, especially the players unfollowing him. Even yeah, that seems yeah. like that was, a very that was that's important. One. Yeah, to it's me, important. that was more important it's, than the merchandise getting pulled. It's just very because much a symbolic gesture, but it's important they, because again, any change needs to come from his peers. Any any change that's going to happen in Major League Baseball with regard to the culture around how how women are treated is going to happen via their peers. Like, well, in the former Dodger, what Dodger was it who spoke out that was like, what the, f- what the hell are you doing? I know. Um, Dave Stewart. No. Yeah. I think it was him. Hang on. I'll look it up. <laughs> I'm just doing, I'm just typing. Yeah, Cause in he wouldn't show up to like a reunion. Cause he was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He basically said that they were not doing enough with this power thing. Um, and he's so, true. And he's, and he's, he's a hundred percent correct. He's right. Um, so like, yeah, Dave Stewart. So like, while, while it's good that the players are unfollowing him because it means that he's being like ostracized in the clubhouse probably, which is this, these things are good and they're good, positive steps. They're kind of the absolute bare minimum. And we shouldn't let the Dodgers skate by here. And that just like, you know, 
let them sort of distance themselves from him and pretend that they, that it's not their problem. Like, Oh, just going to shove that off to the side, not associate ourselves with him. No, you have to own your shit. Like you have to, like own you your were shit. warned. Like we, we you signed every, this guy. You chose this. Yeah. Like you chose every this. woman was screaming at you saying, it was always a toxic combination. Uh-huh. You had somebody who had a weird relationship with women, given his, you know, dating rules. Ugh. And had him literal harassment of women. Yeah, literal harassment of women. So you already had a. I don't Your know, warning like, signs were there. The warning signs were there. The right now you gave him everywhere. The, yeah, red flags everywhere. Warning signs everywhere. But now you gave him a big payday. You gave him all the attention he wanted. You gave him the accolades. You're giving him the press he wants. So now he got away scot free. The power he wants. That's the biggie. Yeah, you're feeding into his ego. So he already had a bad relationship with women. And now you're giving him everything he wanted and then some. And so now I'm sure he probably felt like he could do no wrong. And uh-huh. he could just take whatever he wanted, could do whatever he wanted. So it was like you lit a match and the powder keg exploded. And yep. we everybody saw that women saw this coming and nobody listened. We were that trying was, to tell you this was amazing, going to happen. There were a few people in the Amazing Avenue comments saying, oh, the ladies were right. And we're like, shocking. We know. I mean, it doesn't matter that we were right. I mean, we knew this and you didn't listen yet again. Nobody yeah, like, listened. The damage is already done. Like, I'm not, t- it didn't I'm not have taking to be this way. I'm not it's taking not like, any joy in being right here. No, because, it's like, not an I told you so kind of situation. It's just no, like, please listen to us. When we because there's now a victim. Something. There's yeah. now a victim that has been done irreparable harm because nobody listened to women. Like, this is just, and, and the Dodgers <sighs> do not get to wash their hands of this. They don't get to just pull his Actually, merch. Given their history. Pull his no. bobbleheads and walk away. No, you have to own your shit. You chose this. You signed this guy knowing the red flags that were there. And he sat up there during his press conference and pretended he was going to change. And you just took him at his word. And he didn't change at all. In fact, he got worse. Well, and, and the Mets need to own it too. Exactly. They don't get to walk to away that. from this either. The Mets, because, were, the Mets got bailed out by the Dodgers. It's not out of lack of interest that he did not. No, they got the Mets. they got bailed out by Trevor Bauer's choice. Yep, that's yeah. it. And when is Sandy Alderson going to be held to account that he wanted to sign this abuser? Not just that he signed abusers in the past. Exactly. Well, and he went so far as to call him an entertainment. Yeah. He, no. No. And, and literally all the baseball media who who contributed to his cult of personality by writing him by writing off his his behavior as quirky or unique or whatever other fucking or controversial controversial yeah. whatever other euphemistic word you want to use to Eccentric. describe it are now now have the problematic nerve, now have the nerve to clutch their pearls and write these pieces about Trevor Bauer shouldn't make his next start it's like you you contributed to this Mm-hmm. Ken Rosenthal, also, hello. Yeah, hello, Ken Rosenthal. You. Gonna name some fucking names here. Ken Rosenthal <laughs> had to rewrite an article three different times. Three times! Because he screwed up the first two and then gave Bauer a platform to, to put his own name out there and put his own stamp on it and to, to defend himself. You do not have to keep giving Trevor Bauer a platform. You do not. 
Hello, Ken Rosenthal. Hello, Jeff Passan, who wrote about his like underdog story and like mentality or whatever when he was drafted. Hello. You contributed to this cult of personality. Well, you have done something awful. You have ESPN shouting about how Shohei Otani can speak English, but they have been deadly silent on this topic. Uh huh. There has not been. Oh, um, uh, Buster Olney said he had a fun podcast dis- discussing Trevor Bauer. Oh, boy. He called it. Uh, oh, th- this is a good one. This one was a fun one where we discussed Trevor Bauer. Well, I'm glad Trevor fun. Bauer is sexually assaulting somebody was a fun, fun. podcast. I'm for glad you, that's Buster. fun for you. It's not fun for us. It's not fun for this. us. No, we don't enjoy doing multiple this. times. We don't that enjoy was doing their this. one time they discussed Trevor Bauer was one podcast that was described as fun. Thanks, ESPN. Cool. Very cool. And when I you, you are partly responsible, we have to, to discuss him again. Yeah. Ugh. And, you know, unsurprisingly, so we will we will not only hold men to account for this, we will hold women to account. Unsurprisingly, mm-hmm. Rachel Luba is still defending him saying like, oh, the, you know, the truth will out basically like, you know, all the truth will come out and he will be exonerated, blah, blah, blah. So that defense that was thrown out of him at the time of, well, he's represented by a woman and she wouldn't certainly wouldn't stand for him harming women in any substantial way. Side-eyeing you, Alyssa Rose and Howie Rose, Rose family. Mm -hmm. Um, That was their defense of him was basically like oh you know but he's represented by a woman she wouldn't she wouldn't put up with that behavior she's defending that behavior still actively now that he has literally committed a sexual assault she is still standing by him so where's your defense of that now and and, and her other client is also accused of sexual assault yes, yep. no, please. yes she has no, no morals it's all about her image and you know how to get her more money that's all she cares about Women will uphold power structures, even if they are the patriarchy. They will uphold the patriarchy if it allows them some benefit. Mm-hmm. And in her case, it is power and money and fame. Oh, I'm sure. She, uh, I, uh, did I tweet this? Maybe. I don't know. But I forget who I was talking with. Like, she'll probably get a barstool podcast in a couple of years and yeah, she'll exactly. be fine. So Ugh. what does she care? What does she care no. for his victim? Nothing. She doesn't. So somebody will sell out and give her a couple million dollars to have a barstool podcast being that she'll be fine. And she gets to walk away from this like she did nothing wrong. And, you know, Alyssa Rose has the absolute nerve to tweet like because obviously people started giving her shit immediately after this happened because she was one of the most ardent defenders and was talking about how like he like not only was she just like you know, not only was she doing the normal stuff of like wanting the Mets to sign him desperately, she literally said flat out that Trevor Bauer does not present a threat to women. She said that straight out. So like that is objectively false and people saw this coming and you just didn't listen to them. And so now she's being called to task on that. And she responded with, well, I couldn't, I, I, I refuse to like apologize. I wasn't a fortune teller. I refuse to apologize because we couldn't possibly have foreseen, except all of us no foresaw. Way. <laughs> yeah, no, she's like, we couldn't you, have you, foreseen you can't be really? yelled at when it starts really? raining months later. It's like, yeah, but it was cloudy and there were storm clouds on the horizon. Like we knew it was going to rain. 
she acts like you need to have some sort of fortune telling powers and it's like geez all of us are real special then we should we should get employed <laughs> telling no, fortunes she- or something like there there's a lot of fortune numbers, tellers out there then hmm Alyssa. yeah weird yeah funny how it, it, like there was no self-reflection saying oops i screwed up she turned herself into the victim like everybody stop being mean to me i made a tweet stop being mean to me i wasn't a fortune teller it's like you're you're still the you're still denying your role in this and no one's actually being mean to her they're just telling her that she was wrong about something yeah <laughs> and and like begging her to like you know, have some accountability for, you know, contributing to this. <laughs> accountability. Say, I was that? wrong. I made Please. a misjudgment. That's it. She's yeah. nepotism gone wrong. Yeah, seriously. Like, it's just like, her there's, and- never, there's never any reflection, never any apologies. You know, no. the Dodgers, like the Dodgers could easily just be like, we made a misjudgment when we signed him. We were, we overlooked these things because we thought that he would help our baseball club. And that was wrong. Well, has anybody from very easy to say that, but instead, no, did not a single person instead they're drive- just gonna quietly pull his merch and pretend this never happened. Nobody from the Dodgers, nobody from the media, nobody from Driveline, which was all doing his science crap and made him look like a brain genius. Um, no, pitching ninja uh, was another big one. I'm sorry, but yeah, I know people like be. his gifts and everything, but he like partnered with him. Yeah, yeah I, I stopped following him after he did that. I was, he I was gave just disgusted. Bauer a big platform. And so he is one of the main culprits and nothing, nobody, nobody's apologized. And this is a problem. Like, I mean, like we said, there's women, Jessica Kleinschmidt. Yep. <sighs> she just quietly deleted her podcast that mentioned him and that was it. Like you could just delete something and pretend it, it you never did it and make it go away. This victim doesn't get to pretend this didn't happen and make nope. it go away. Yep. Can't and I just, feel like, like people delete are these traumatic memories. No. And people are waiting this out too. Oh yeah. They're hoping that people For sure. forget. Forget or that he just is exonerated or doesn't or get settled or because the 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 Bauer merchandise is only pulled while this investigation is going on, I'm sure if he it goes further, they'll be, it'll be pulled indefinitely. But if he's not, they're just going to put it back on the shelves. Oh yeah, for so, sure. So if there's money to be made, they'll absolutely do, do it. it. Which is yeah. wh- which is why going just back as we mentioned earlier, the players unfollowing them is a little deeper. Yeah, a little more. That's a sign saying you're not welcome here. Yeah. Especially the players who did it. Mookie Betts was a big one. Like, clearly, he's probably a leader in that clubhouse. Justin Turner's probably a leader in that clubhouse. Right. It's good that they're doing that, but I I am asking for them to do more because they need to actually speak out and say something. Use your platform to say something. Say this is wrong. Use it for good. Say this is wrong. Somebody, besides Dave Stewart, Dave Stewart is literally the only person who has said what he's done is wrong. Yeah, the only person associated with the Dodgers. And now, you know, as we've said before, let's not forget, this is the organization that covered up another sexual assault Mm -hmm. um, perpetrated by a player who is playing in the major leagues right now. Not not on the Dodgers, but, you know, playing in the major leagues right now, who they benefited from by trading and the the organization that has the literal crimes dot XLSX spreadsheet. So like and the whole Gabe Kapler, you know, 
Not well, that was the, the that was the yeah. Cover that's up. what we're oh, yeah. okay. Sorry, the cover up of the sexual assault perpetrated by Gabe Kapler, who is still employed in baseball. I was going to say, I thought you meant a player, player, not the manager. Sorry. The manager is still employed, and the player is yes. still employed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, another one. Jessica Mendoza wrote a whole pub puff piece on Luba saying, yep. oh, oh, she's going to change the game. All she's breaking the glass. Yeah, there, have been, Luba. there have been a lot of puff pieces on oh, her. Oh, all those girl boss pieces on Luba. Hashtag yeah. girl boss. Yeah, where are you now, Mendoza? She's still a girl boss. Oh, is this what you mean by changing the game? Allowing more more sexual assaults in the game? Allowing more people to get away with it? But is, is that what the game is standing for now? <sighs> anyway. Um, we will have Cheryl ring on next week to talk about this more. Uh, she'll, she'll go, we'll go in more, uh, in greater detail, um, with her about the legal details of this and like, you know, how she was, the victim was able to obtain the restraining order and, you know, what, what he may or may not be convicted of on what grounds. Um, and also like Cheryl has a piece that we will, you know, go in greater, uh, detail about next week, um, about her, you know, experience with Bauer and his legal team, um, which is awful. And I mean, the piece is good. The piece is good. What happened was awful. Um, and so we'll talk about, we'll talk to Cheryl about all of that. Um, but needless to say that anybody who has, you know, tried to speak out about Bauer in any fashion has either been deplatformed or threatened or worse. Um, and, you know, those results are, you know, those impacts are worse if you're a woman, worse still if you're a person of color, and worse still if you're trans. So, like, you know, it's just anybody who tries to speak out about this has faced some sort of consequence in some way of being, you know, harassed or deplatformed or threatened um, by Bauer or his followers or his associates. So that continues to go on. Um, but in the meantime, um, we will end the show this week like we always do with walk-off wins where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. Linda Cerovich, what is your walk-off win for this week? Um, my walk-off win, <laughs> the timing was a little little <laughs> off, but um, JT and Amy and Dennis, big um, Matt's Twitter um, accounts and just lovely people um, asked if I wanted to go to the Renegades game. Cause of course I'm in the Hudson Valley. The Renegades are my team, even though they are now owned by the Yankees. Um, <laughs> them too. Cause the Somerset Patriots are now owned by them too. Yes. Yes. Oh. The Renegades are Yankees affiliate now. My poor Gates. So oh, what have they done to my boy? Um, there are pinstripes everywhere. Oh, it was awful. But they were playing the Cyclones, so I legit did not know who to root for because, <laughs> like, the Cyclones are obviously the Mets, but the Renegades are my home team. Like, I've always loved the Renegades. I used to go to Renegades games all the time because they're so close and easy to get to. Yeah. Um. So it, it turned out to be a double header. Um. But of course, Francisco Alvarez was in the futures game so he was not there and brett Beatty was also in the futures game but he also got promoted to double a so he was not there uh so i missed all the Mets' top prospects except ronnie mauricio um 
And Mauricio is huge. Oh, he's like, big in real life. Yeah. Yeah, he is massive. There's no way he can stick it short. Like, I, he's just he's just a big kid. Um, like, yeah, it's like we were sitting behind the visitors dugout and behind the cyclones. And from our perspective, it looked like he had a dock going into the into the dugout when he was coming in from the field. Um, but so, yeah, the cyclones got blown out seven to one in the first game. And then the second game, the renegades catcher hit three home runs. He was their entire offense and the renegades threw a no hitter. So I can, right. I can say I've seen a no hitter, but I still don't know if I'm happy about it because <sighs> I still don't know what to cheer for. <laughs> Just go um, with both. Yeah. So it was cool. Like, you know, I've never seen a no hitter, even if it was a minor league game. Um, and that was my first run against game I've been to in, in a few years. So, you know, minor league baseball is just fun. The atmosphere is fun. Um, but I just wanted a renegade shirt and everything had the goddamn pinstripes on it. Was it was the worst. It was the worst. I went to the team store when, cause you know, I'll, I'll build off that and like kind of do a cheating, like, 1.5 walk-off wins um for myself because I also went to a, a Renegades game in the same series because I like the week I took off from work last week for vacation um Michael and I stayed with his mom in White Plains and so we were like kind of close to the Renegades um stadium and so we went to the same series where they were playing the Cyclones and um, to make a very long story short, we, we stopped in New Paltz, which is where Michael used to live. So he wanted to go like, you know, see some of his old haunts. We met one of his old library friends, um, for lunch before the game, um, in New Paltz. And we had some time to kill between lunch and when the, and when we had to drive to the stadium for the game. So we decided to take like a nice afternoon walk in New Paltz and it completely downpoured. And so we got like soaked through to the bone. Like there was, it was basically like we both jumped in a pool. So (laughs) at the, so, and we had no change of clothes. We were stranded. Like there was nowhere to go. Um, And so we just kind of had to dry off in the car and just like sit there in, in the car while it's still downpouring and like waited out. And then we went to the um, Renegades game, which uh, Renegades Cyclones game, which had an hour long rain delay. Um, And during that, I like went into the team store because I'm still like wet, like I'm still like wet. And so I went into the team store to try to change my clothes, like to buy some Renegades clothes. And I was like, this all is Yankees insignia. I'm not going to buy this. Like when they were when they were the Rays affiliate, you had no clue who what affiliate they were with. Like they had their own logo, they did their own thing. But now it's like Yankees, Yankees, Yankees. Got to have the pinstripes. Everything has pinstripes and like the interlocking. Except instead of an interlocking NY, it's like an interlocking HV in the same font because it's Hudson Valley. Yes, like there was this gorgeous shirt that I loved where. It's um the it's probably the Palisade Mountains and then it's got the Hudson River because it's their logo. It's the mountains. It's the Hudson River cutting through the mountains. And then I'm guessing it's the Newburgh Beacon Bridge because then it's a bridge going connecting mountains going over the Hudson. And it's beautiful. It's a nice logo. And then the goddamn pinstripes are in the back of it. I was like, why? And then they had to play New York, New York when they won and they had to do the YMCA. I'm like, you're not the Yankees. You're the Hudson Valley Renegades. It's like, you gotta have that Yankee branding now. And it's it just sucks. like, uh, 
it sucks. Like it just it really did. It just left such a bad taste in my mouth. Like, ew, you gotta, you know, it's just Yankees everywhere. It's like, but be your own thing. And they killed because there used to be a family of raccoons, used to be their mascot. <laughs> I was waiting for the mascot because I have a I have a really close friend from college who um who grew up in Poughkeepsie. And so like I was texting her that I was at the game. I was like, I'm at the Hudson Valley Renegades game. She goes, say hi to the raccoons for me. And they never came out. Well, the raccoon came out because they totally redid him and he's like scary now because they used to be really cute it was a whole family it was rookie renee and their son rascal and now there's just rookie who i don't even think that's his name anymore because they can't have names on the back of their jersey so i don't know what the mascot's name is and renee and rascal were nowhere to be found they murdered renee and rascal (laughs) raccoon murder Well, according to JT, he's like, the correct term is they euthanized. Oh, my oh dear. God. Oh, dear. This is supposed to be walk-off wins. We're talking like, about animal Renee? euthanization. Oh, they no. euthanized the raccoons. But I did get my, it's not tipsy scoop. It's like something similar. Oh, yeah, to I saw that, too, when we were there. The, there's yes. like boozy ice cream of something. It was boozy ice cream, yes. So I ended up getting my boozy ice cream and I put up because then, like, the guy serving it to me because then you get unlimited toppings. Oh, and I did get, I eventually did find a Renegade shirt that just said Hudson Valley Renegades, and then it's, like, home plate. But it's still clearly Yankees blue, but whatever. It's, whatever. it's a shirt. Um, it's a shirt. And it has no pinstripes on it. But um, I got the ice cream and they had a kid and he's like serving it and he's like because you get unlimited toppings and he was like oh, i always find it funny when people get the boozy ice cream and put gummy bears on it i was like you know what give me the gummy bears <laughs> i want it yeah and i'm like you put that in my head and i want my gummy bears now so i had boozy ice cream and gummy gummy bears and i was very very <laughs> happy that's great so I-, I have been complaining but it was it was a fun night and i got to see you know i've never seen a prospect make the majors and i'm really hoping now mauricio can be that guy whether it's with the bats or somebody else because he did he does look at least exciting and yeah for sure if if the cubs want him they can have him <laughs> i was lucky enough so i was lucky enough that i went to the game like three days before linda did and so Beatty was still on the team and alvarez, and alvarez. was oh. not in the futures game so in the game that i went to the renegade cyclones game i saw we saw all three of oh. alvarez Beatty, and mauricio and alvarez and Beatty both hit a dong and so that was very fun um the the cyclones still lost though <laughs> it <laughs> was know, like a complete seesaw why are game. they so bad they're very bad stand. oh they're they're pitching's very bad oh really i mean the mets have no pitching in their entire organization like none at all well, maybe they should trade for the renegades guy who threw the no <laughs> maybe but there was actually that the game that michael and i went to was a poorly pitched game by both sides i think the the cyclones ended up losing like eight to seven or something it was Aww. it was like one run and it was close and it was like back and forth the whole game like every inning each team would score like two runs um and the funny thing was that like there were like four box because like, these <laughs> dudes just don't know how to like pick guys off or like not step like to the bag when they're you know like they just don't know how to not balk because they're all like 17 years old so there was just like a million box in the game which was really funny but yeah um but yeah Mauricio's giant IRL like he's so tall um and he actually so many stalker shots of Mauricio because like this is the only guy I have a chance to see 
Um, and Michael met, ended up getting, so we sat like right behind a home plate and Michael ended up getting like, uh, he was like, I'm, I'm going to be a prospect reporter now. And he took videos <laughs> of like every, every Beatty, Mauricio and Alvarez at bat. So he got footage of both the dongs and it was good footage. Um, and he tweeted it and was like, I'm a prospect reporter now. And I was like, very good. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, it was, it was fun. And Mauricio didn't do anything, um, with the bat while we were there, but he did make a really good defensive play at short. So I know he's probably not sticking there, but he looked good in the field when we were there. So, you well, know, that's what we were saying too. Like, uh, there were scouts there. I'm like, did you mark that down? Like he can play a shift, like write that down, write, write that, that down. down. Yeah, there were a ton of scouts at the game that we were at. Too. Yeah, there so was, was a ton there fun. too for us. Um, but that's like part of my walk-off win because that was like kind of part of my vacation last week. My vacation last week was kind of like very much a chill, like sort of staycation almost with like a mini trips, which was nice. Like we didn't like, you know, travel, like go like fly somewhere for the week. Um, I took the week off work last week and it it, it started off with, um, you know, uh, our game at uh, our Mets game at city field oh, yeah um so that was the monday although that was already off work because that was part of the july 4th holiday but then i took the whole week off after that um and michael and i went to the renegades game one of the days and then over the weekend starting friday um we went up to vermont burlington vermont to visit my brother and so it was just like a lovely weekend with my parents and my brother and then like the whole week before that we were with michael's mom in white plains we got to go to um decadent ales which is a brewery nearby um where she lives and we did trivia and it was fun um we spent july 4th with her and my parents came up and hung out and it was just a really nice time and then we went to vermont to see my brother um we did this lovely 8.5 mile walk slash hike um down the crescent bike trail and it was just like an island bike trail actually i think it's called and it was just like absolutely lovely um on the lake um gorgeous vermont's just so pretty in the summer it sucks in the winter but it's just like absolutely gorgeous in the summer um we went to an awesome brewery burlington beer company um which my brother introduced us to is it was awesome just had a really nice week off from work much needed rest so that's my walk-off win um kellyanne healy what is your walk-off win for this week mine is totally different so in which i was good I was bouncing in between the Mets game on Sunday and the UEFA final between England and Italy. And Italy ended up winning on penalty kicks, but it was such a dramatic game because England scored like in the first two minutes. And it was just Italy playing defense at that point until the second half when Leonardo, Leonardo Bonucci tied it up. And from that point on, England was just, it seemed like they were playing to get to the penalty kick round. And they got to the penalty kick round and failed. And that's how Italy won. Don't go two for five in penalties is my recommendation yeah. to, to yeah. not lose. Well, I was with, I was at my, my uncle has a pool. So I was there with my aunt and uncle and then my other aunt and uncle came and my uncle's Italian. So he was keeping <laughs> us updated. He was like, one, one. One one. Oh, and two the, two. The, Overtime. <laughs> the, yeah, the other thing I really loved about the Italian team, just overall, um, one of the players, Spinazzola, was injured. Yeah, in the semifinal, and they were just they kind of like rallied around him and had the Spina song. It was just like Ole 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 Spina Spina, and like you see them after the game doing that song, and you see Spinazzola with his his crutches because I think he tore. I want to say 
something in his leg. I can't remember exactly what he tore, but you see him with the canes hopping around and waving <laughs> the canes in the air. It was great. Ruben Tejada so, style. Yeah, yeah. I thought that too. I was like, oh my God, it's Ruben Tejada. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say he's a little more enthusiastic than Tejada. He was like losing it. He completely was like hopping on the stage to get his medal and dancing afterward with like the can- the canes were just flying in the air. It's like, oh, watch it. You're going to hurt somebody, man. But yeah, it was just, it was an, it was an enjoyable team to watch in this tournament. And I'm just very happy they won because they've been doing badly these past um, couple of years. They were eliminated early on in the world cup and eliminated um, in the previous um, European tournament. So it was good to see them do well. Also Roberto Mancini is just hilarious to watch as a coach. Yes. Um, Italy has the distinction of being the only European nation to win the the men's. I think there was a time when the women's was the same country, but to win the men's Euro final and Eurovision in the same year. Mm. Fun fact, which is Italy in general killing it this year. My boss turned me on to this uh, new store. I don't know how new they are when they opened, but they're like a little British store. Um, right down the block from where I work. So on Friday, we were like, like, it's quiet. Let's kind of like just blow off work for a little bit and go shopping at this little English store because it's so cute inside. <laughs> and then she was like, and their candies and their chocolates and their teas are really good. So me, my boss and my coworker went, went shopping at this little English shop and oh, their tea was fantastic and their chocolates. Um, cause there's like, it's Cadbury, but it's got honeycomb in it. Oh my God. Ooh, that sounds awesome. That's always, oh, always if so you nice. find this, if you ever find this cat, it's called crunchy and it's Cadbury and it's got honeycomb in it. They, they highly recommended it and they were not lying. And then I got a little jams. I got a strawberry. I got a strawberry vanilla tea. That's really good. But mm. well, anyway, the owner was like, oh, we're going to do a big thing. And the owner had a fabulous British accent. <laughs> um, he was like, we're going to. And it was him, his wife and his daughter. His wife is from America. And then his daughter also had an, a British accent. He was like, either way, I'm getting drunk. He's like, either I'm going to be really happy or I'm just going to be really hungover. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm thinking of him to- <laughs> after they lost. I'm like, oh, no, that poor guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, he's going to be really drunk. <laughs> I was England, definitely. In- I was definitely rooting for Italy in the final because um, even though I'm I'm not Italian, but I I I was a, an Italian minor in college, and so I was fluent in Italian for a little bit there. I'm very rusty now, so I can't say I'm fluent anymore. Um, but I used to be, and I spent some time in Italy in college. I studied abroad, um, foreign language trip, and so um, I have a soft spot in my heart for Italy. So I usually root for them in the international, like European, uh, like in the World Cup and the other soccer tournaments. Since America never makes it because the American men suck. Um, so I root for Italy, <laughs> but um, I I have to say that so like I heard the the whole game on the radio because again we were driving back from vermont um so i heard the game on the radio and so i didn't watch the video of the final like the the penalties until later oh. and i but i will say the the in, the english teenager breaking down was like really upsetting oh I my god i watched it was like it was heartbreaking and then of course the fans were horrible afterwards yeah don't be where fucking racist yeah i mean and that on. that's i like Everybody's like saying, oh, England is so like classy. No, it's not just an English problem. Trust me. Italy has that problem too. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's a lot of, it's all the sports leagues have this issue. 
I was seeing so like a lot of don't isolate of, it to one fan base. I was seeing a lot of kind of like more lefty Twitter accounts like tweeting about like you know like England. I mean like obviously England has done colonialism. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like I saw a lot, but like let's not pretend that like Italy winning is the anti-racist result. <laughs> like no. like there are it's no really angels not. here. It's, there are yeah. no angels here. Although it was kind of funny. Like they they're like we claim Megan like because they met Megan Markle. Uh, no. Yeah. yeah. So they were like, so they had like Meghan Markle on the Italian. <laughs> I did find it funny though <sighs> that um that all the like the Scottish and Irish folks were like wearing Italy jerseys. Italy, and, yeah. like, in in uh in Derry, the uh the Irish town that is featured in Derry Girls, they like in the like free Derry sign, like the famous town sign, they like put a little Italy flag on top of it. And I was like, all right, like you you guys have the right because if anybody hates England, it's Scotland and it's Ireland. Scotland and Ireland. Yeah. So you guys have the right. Scotland especially. I, I don't I don't want to hear like white Americans lecture about English racism, but I feel like, you know, Irish and Scottish people have the right to hate it. But it's yeah. it's just like those poor the oldest, the youngest one was 19 years old, and I think that was Saka. And yeah, Rashford, correct. I was 20. One, yeah, and I don't remember the third one's name, and I think he's like 22, but they're all super young, super young, and, and like two of them, the the manager subbed them in just yeah, to take them the in PKs, for, which is so stupid because they didn't have a lot of playing time throughout the tournament, and, and you're suddenly putting this huge burden on these burden on, on the yeah, shoulders of these black fair. teenagers who you know are going to get like absolutely crucified by these insane soccer fans after the effects on that one it. too Ugh. like i just it seems questionable the decision making to me no, it was I mean, it was absolutely questionable and i said i said that on twitter i was like what was the english coach thinking yeah it's it was just it was a dick move all around yeah but you know it was a good it was a good match though so yes that's very very, very. Except fun. for that random English goal in the beginning, which was which like came out of nowhere. It was just it was like wait. Sometimes wait, teams wait. get sometimes teams get caught flat in the first like two minutes and they're not ready. Yep, it happens. <sighs> um. Anyway, um, that does it for the show this week. Like I mentioned earlier, we will have Cheryl Ring on next week. So look forward to that. Um, but in the meantime, you can go to amazingavenue.com, check out all of our fantastic content. We've got um, we've got the draft tracker up for you guys right now. We've got our awesome minor league team. You should not only listen to the From Complex to Queens podcast, but you should check out all of their draft profiles of all the guys the Mets are drafting right now. It's the only reason I know even who they are besides Kumar Rocker. So thank you, Miners team you guys are the best check out all of their content um and in the meantime we have home run derby all-star content um and we will be back with all of our regular content next week as games resume in the second half um so you can check all of that out at amazingavenue.com follow amazing avenue on all of the social medias facebook twitter and instagram at amazing avenue you can follow this show on twitter at a pod of their own you can follow each of us on twitter i am at petite phd where are you linda at Linda Servich. And you, Kellyanne? At L-R-B-E-L-L-A-R-E-B-E-E. I'm going to spell it out this time. I don't think I... I didn't spell it out on the last interview I did. Yeah. 
Uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter. You can email the show, own at gmail.com. You can subscribe to ent- our entire suite of awesome pods. If you subscribe to Amazing Avenue Audio, wherever you get your podcasts from, please rate and review the show. It really helps people find it. Um, the original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasting. We will see you all in the second half.